Hello, welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. This Sunday, Apostle hosts a special partnership service. In this service, he teaches us the importance of partnering with God and the significance of planning our giving. So grab your Bibles, your pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. We are having our partnership service. Praise God. I am going to share with you seven thoughts. For those who are wondering what uh, we mean when we talk about our partnership service, we are simply referring to... uh, it's a service where we give a special offering for the work of God, and so we set them apart every three months. So I'm going to share about seven thoughts which will help you for the rest of your life. Seven thoughts for the rest of your life. Uh, I'm glad we've got something special going on, but I mean, I was checking, uh, I was being updated by yesterday, a number of people had already started sending in. So I'm glad we are dealing with a ministry that we don't have to convince. Praise God. Now, I'll start by saying something I said earlier in the first service. If there is a topic I used to struggle to preach, it was this one. I, I struggled to preach it. One of the reasons was because you didn't want to look a certain way. You know, you know what I mean? Eh? You didn't want to look a certain way. And there was a time it was a very popular topic, especially in Pentecostal circles. Whenever you would see a guest speaker, just know. <laughs> you even know that that day, you are giving. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, you'll be scolded about giving to the work and taking care of your... You even knew, right? But... Then came a bit of a backlash. And uh, the backlash was in two perspectives. One of the reasons there was a backlash is because some people handled the word of God deceitfully. Uh, if we read Second Corinthians chapter number 4, and if we were to look at verse number 2, the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 2, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So it is possible for someone to handle the word of God deceitfully. The other reason there was a backlash was there was also just some unbiblical views from most people. Let me tell you what I mean. Someone would come in and say, hey, this place is too many 
contributions. Some of them, their churches came by donation. They were born, they found buildings. What did you expect? Did they expect the Pentecostal sector to remain in classrooms forever? And you will notice that even if you are to go in more traditional circles, the emphasis has increased now. Because there is need for more projects. And so I thought it best that as passionately as I teach you other topics, I can teach you this one as well. Uh, an accusation came. Any person who would preach this would be called a prosperity preacher. One day I realized I didn't mind. I mean, I've been called a healing minister. I've been called a deliverance minister. What's wrong with this? gospel as well. So let's share seven thoughts on giving. Praise God. Number one, you cannot talk about the Christian faith without talking about giving. The foundations of our faith rest on giving. The most common scripture in the world, John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. You cannot talk about our faith without talking about giving. God creates the earth. He gives it to us. We mess it up. He still sends his son. He gives us his son. And the Bible tells us in Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not along with him freely give us all things? You cannot talk about the Christian faith and not talk about giving. And then Jesus gives us his life. Then he prays to the Father. And the Father gives us his spirit. You cannot talk about the Christian faith and not talk about giving. Because God's a giver. That's what he does. Praise God. And even for us to get saved, we give him our life, we give him our heart and, and all that. We cannot talk about the faith without talking about giving. Number two, giving has been part of our relationship with God since the beginning of time. I'm going to show you something. Genesis chapter number four. I don't know if you remember the first family, the real official First ever family, right? Uh, Genesis chapter number 4, verse 1. Now Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived, and bore Cain, and said, I've acquired a man from the Lord. Uh -huh. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Let's go on. And in the process of time, look, by this point, there was no Moses. By this point, there was no Torah. By this point, there were no scriptures to read. But look at it. It says in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Uh-huh. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. From the very beginning of time, we see that in our relating with God, offerings begin. From the very beginning of time. It seemed to be ancient wisdom. It seemed to be ancient wisdom. Because way before Moses writes about rights, way before Moses gives us the Leviticus and all those things, Abraham meets Melchizedek. 
What does it do? It types. Way before certain things I ever mentioned, Jacob makes a vow to the Lord. If you do this, I'll bring 10%. It's not coincidence. It was ancient wisdom. In the very beginnings of our relationship with God, there was always giving. God rescues the people from Egypt. He sets them up. He wants to set a temple. You know what he did? He calls Moses and says, go tell the people to bring offerings. The same God who could have dropped a temple from heaven. It's part of our relationship with God. And you'll notice something. That it's also part of our relationship with each other. The very moment someone has a child, what's the first thing they start doing? They start giving. Give their time. But time doesn't feed the child. (laughs) Neither neither does the breast feed them forever. (laughs) Neither do their hugs clothe them. Praise God. Before you know it, they start spending. And uh, straight the modern ones nowadays are a bit expensive. Because nowadays they don't do tevelas, they want diapers. So those hand me downs from back in the day are no longer in effect. <laughs> Praise God. I don't know if any of you remember the hand me down. <laughs> which was like it, it, it's even uh, for those who are watching from other places don't understand what a tevela is um, I'm finding it difficult to explain all I can tell you is that the color is not white <laughs> that's all I can tell you but generally in our relating with people there's always been an aspect of giving it's there's giving in everything. I'm telling you, giving is in every system. Do you know that even if you join a political party, there's giving. You know, before elections, they also to the party. Well, you don't know. How do you think they're able to do everything they do? And some people's offerings are more respected. Do you know how to survive boarding school? You have to survive boarding school. <laughs> you need to find a gentleman in your trove. There's someone who came, what, what do I do? I said, just go to school, pay your tithe. He will rebuke the devourer <laughs> for your sake. <laughs> it's just that gentleman who you should always give a tin of fish eh, and a tin of baked beans. He will rebuke the devourer for your sake. You say, ah, do you want to go? You? <laughs> you know, it reminds me of a very funny thing that happened to me. I think it was somewhere in 2007. I was coming back from arcades and going to watch a movie. And I reached, and Lord Shed had just been introduced to Zambia. So I was walking, and I see this group of men. And it should have been 18, 19, but it was very dark. And so I decided, you know, let's not cause, let's just avoid them. So I stood, and I'd just gotten saved. So I just stood in a corner on my own. And I knew that my complexion was working to my advantage. So probably I wasn't going to be noticed. Hey, only for them to follow me. They start grabbing me. How do you expect me not to look at you? <laughs> and you know, that was that period when there would be a lot of stories about ears being cut and the like. And you know, they surrounded me. 
And I heard the Holy Spirit say, ask God to help you. You know, there's certain things that won't happen until you pray. I literally heard him say, let go. And so I remember praying, and immediately one of them came from the back. I didn't know him. And then afterwards, he takes me aside. Oh, in Pasuka 5, Zai. So the guy was able to rebuke the devourer for my sake. Yeah? So that's that I didn't give him. So anyways, uh, let's continue. <laughs> so like I said, giving has been part of our relationship with God since the beginning of the time. Number three, giving is an opportunity to participate in the divine nature. That's why you find giving can attract encounters from God. Look at Acts chapter 10, verse 1. Bible tells us of a man named Cornelius, right? There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. Uh-huh. A devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw in a vision, an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before the Lord. How many of you have read about Tabitha? Tabitha, haven't you noticed her other name was Dorcas? Many women, when they've got something, they love to call themselves Dorcas and the like. I've heard, I don't know how many names with the word Dorcas. Reason being, Tabitha used to give towards the people. And what happened is when Tabitha died, they called the senior apostle. Listen, Peter never used to move anywhere. Went to Samaria, preached there. Afterwards, that's when Peter came. But for Tabitha, they managed to get the senior apostle, Peter himself, and when he came, they just started showing him the things she made for them. What were they trying to say? They were trying to say, you are like, Lord, praise God. For, I know this is your child, but at this moment, we need her more. If she doesn't do this, who will? Praise God. And I can use that also to talk about purpose. But if she doesn't, if she's not around, who will? The, the lady came back. God had to give her back. The Lord had to give her back. Praise God. Number four. God observes, honors, and testifies of our giving. I can give example after example. Remember the lady with two mites? The lady who gave two mites. The Bible says, from the scriptures, you can clearly see Jesus was observing people's offerings. Now, that lady... What was observed is she had given or she had. Now, don't use that scripture to become greedy. I'll, I'll caution in the people in the first service that you find somebody who the whole week, their theme song is Tulelia Shawama. Shawama. <laughs> Every day. And then by the time it's reaching Sunday, all they have in their pockets are receipts and two coins. And they say, Lord, this is all I have. Are you serious? 
<laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. Are you serious? You know, we found receipts before. <laughs> there was one time we, I, I think the, the finance directors came to me, they laughed. Someone put a receipt. And the receipt like was long, going all the way, and in between <laughs> two coins. No, you don't do that. Sometimes when we see certain things, you know what it shows us? Not necessarily greed, but it shows unpreparedness. It means you never thought about it. As you're planning your month, you have to be planning your offerings. You're planning your monthly budget. You've planned this amount, paying water. This amount, paying DSTV. This amount, I like this kind of coffee. This amount, do you also plan this amount? This is for my offerings. This can't be touched. Or if someone comes, comes and says, I would like to borrow some money. That part is not, you're not considering it as money that's with you. As a matter of fact, you have to be careful when it comes to lending. Especially where you're not sure of a return. You must be careful with money you've already planned for. Bible says, let your yes be a yes, let your no be a no. So, you know, there are actually times in life you may have to say no. (laughs) Some people would be in a better place today if they learned when to say no. Anyways. You have to learn to plan your offering. And I was saying, God does notice offerings. Another way we can tell, do you remember that lady in the scriptures? And for many people, that's, that's their favorite person. Remember? The one who brought her costly perfume and anointed Jesus. And they were like, ah. and you know Judas, and the Bible says he was a thief. And he used to eat from the treasury. The guy had no fear. And the Bible tells us how Judas uh, said, you know, we could have sold this and given it away. In short, you're saying it's too costly to give to the Lord. And I know we love to sing, love them about how we are now bringing our fragrance, which is our worship. But let's not forget it costs that woman something. Eh? <laughs> let's never forget that, you know, as much as we give spiritual interpretations to scriptures, sometimes we should also never forget what really happened. It's like sometimes we have revelations about all the healings in the Bible. We forget that the people actually got healed. But let's not forget it actually cost that woman something. And Jesus noticed and said, you, everywhere this gospel is preached, your name will be mentioned. May that be said of you. But let me show you my scripture for this one. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. Remember, we had already read about Abel, right? Now, look at Hebrews 11 verse 4. The Bible says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. Through it, he being dead still speaks. That shows you something. One, I'm just saying that God gave a testimony. Everyone's got a testimony. What's your testimony? Abel. That guy gave. And if you've read uh, many theologians, and I agree with them, believe that something that Abel did, which the rest did do, 
which Cain didn't do. The Bible shows us Cain brought an offering, but it says Abel brought of the firstborn. You can already see the principle there. He honored God with the first. This is way before the law. God had respect. And this offering spoke for generations. You know that some of the blessings you're walking in now, if you had to do your research, you'll find maybe your grandfather used to do so many things for many people. Some of us who are listening may be in a situation where maybe you saw your parents go out of their way to help many people. And so, you know, sometimes you've approached it with a bit of bitterness, like they did all that to help many people, but when we needed help, where were they? Don't approach it with bitterness. Thank God that you had the opportunity to help those people. And then claim your blessing. Your blessing is bigger than them. Your blessing is not decided by them. No, it's not decided by them. So you can set a legacy for generations. And you know, with prayer, sometimes you can be a bit deliberate, right? One of the things that I prayed years ago, when I started discovering these streets, I recognized and realized that my father had helped so many people with school fees. I said I would never struggle in this area. As in, I, I don't allow spiritual principles to go for free. <laughs> you must learn to claim them. Praise God. Giving, number five. By the way, the title of this sermon is Increasing Grace Through Giving. Except that will be my 60th point. I thought I should share a few thoughts first. Giving secures treasures in eternity. Let's go to Matthew 6, verse 19. You will learn something, a very important principle here. Matthew 6, verse 19. The Bible says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where most and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. We are shown an important principle. We are shown something very interesting about the way the earthly realm works. Everything you see on earth is subject to the destruction of moth and rust. Should the Lord tarry? Should the Lord tarry? 70 years from now, you think we'll be using this pulpit? Someone's like, Pastor, even going 70 years. Should the Lord tarry, these will be rocks. These gadgets we see, these will be stones. They'll be considered useless. As you can imagine, someone can give their body for an iPhone. And those guys are funny. Within six months, they release another one. I don't know what number they are on right now. All I know is that I don't know how they do it, but they release within a very short period of time. You may be listening to me, and perhaps you've done that before. 
I'm not mentioning this because I, I, the forgiving part is not a problem with God. But your mind has to be renewed. Because it says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. There's something wrong with your value system. If you think something that was bought at a price by the Lord Jesus can be paid for with money, then there's something wrong with your value system. And that's why God sent me to correct it. Praise God. Just think about this. Think about this. Everything you see, the car which you're thinking is the most latest car right now, for how, even how many years will, will it run? No matter how big a mansion you build, unless it's constantly refurbished, where do you think it will be 100 years from now? To the Lord time. Now one would say, Pastor, so should we not own anything or anything like that? Let's look at what, the wisdom of Jesus, right? We'll come back to this verse. But look at it from verse uh, 25. He starts by saying, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or what you drink or about your body or what you put on. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothing? Are you seeing the, the, the difference in perspective there? So, I mean, if somebody has to go out of their way to put on the latest something, they have to go out of their way. There may be trouble there because the body is more important than clothing. I hope you're getting me. So, you know, you may be, you may be in this place and maybe at current, your situation cannot allow you to shop where another person shops. Maybe some shops at Louis Vuitton. You shop at Sally Vuitton. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. It's okay. It's not your body more important. Is not your the trouble comes in when you find your worth in something that should find its worth in you. What makes those listen? This suit would have just been another suit had it not been put on by me. Do you know what it's become now? It's now royal, it's now a royal suit because a king is putting it on. So decide, decide which one gives the other one worth. Praise God. Now, look at this. So he says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Uh Uh-huh. Let's go on. Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. I did a teaching on that. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, you now understand why I don't tell you to sing of yourself like that, right? Here today, God. So I was talking about grass. You're not grass. Which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven. Will he not much more clothe you? So what's the principle here, right? Let's go on. Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Wait there. So, as much as I am explaining that everything on earth is subject to rust, the Bible shows us that your Father knows you need them. So, in short, while you are in the earthly realm, you do need 
you do need material possessions. You do need them. They help you to function generally as a person. They, they help you to achieve your purpose. Without, without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing even with the gospel. They help you. And not only that, you also just like them. Eh? You enjoy them. So, listen, it says your father knows that you need these things. You actually need them. But here is the principle, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Which things? Those things you need. So, in short, the kingdom of God comes first. It comes first. That's the whole concept. Now, back to verse 19. Verse 19 will really clarify a few things because, you know, sometimes we get unbiblical. We're always giving the Lord our heart. <laughs> Lord, this is all I have. All I have for you is my heart. Why is it that all you have for him is your heart? Praise God. But that Kayang lady, <laughs> all you have for her is a movie and a meal and a taxi fare, <laughs> and then you walk home. <laughs> now that's a sacrifice. Eh? <laughs> Praise God. This is sending an airtime when you are receiving a text from Silisa. Okay, so do not lay. <laughs> but why? <laughs> so it says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. Uh -huh. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You can lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Like, okay, this one I'm sending to heaven, I will need it later. <laughs> By investing in eternal things. Do you know the value you invest? Think about this. Everything you're seeing right now wouldn't have had it if people were not given. I remember how we bought the camera. How many of you remember? We just posted in the WhatsApp group and said, we need a camera. And I think in an hour we had raised the money. Do you know how many people have gotten saved because we are alive? Do you know what that does for your life? You'll be shocked. Um, in eternity. Some of you have seen some of the testimonies that have come in, right? Last week we had people from, I think I was seeing on the videos, we had Iswatini watching, right? We had Iswatini watching last week. We have people who watch from Nepal. One of them even sent a video, I remember, on my birthday. You'll just be surprised in heaven. A bunch of people from Nepal come like, thank you, thank you, thank you for what? Because you gave that day. So it says, Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21 shows you something about giving the Lord your heart. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. My friend, your heart is not just here. Your heart is also here. <laughs> Praise God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Guess your heart is also here. Praise the Lord. So you can't just keep giving God your tears and your heart and your nice songs. You also have to learn to give offerings. Everything else that's valuable in our lives, we spend money towards. Busy complaining, hey, I'm leaving this network, leaving this network. One minute later, you're buying 50 GB bundles. <laughs> Anything that's important, you'll put your money there. Praise God. 
Now, my main point. The grace of God is increased through giving. It's increased through giving. Don't let anyone cheat you out of your reward. You know, someone can cheat you out of your reward with wrong teaching. There are wrong teachings like, hey, giving does nothing to you. The message every week should be salvation. Now, when people are saved. <laughs> I miss the church where people would come and cry over their sins. Why did they stop crying? <laughs> You know, let's be serious. If you're not careful, you become a modern-day young Pharisee. Where you see Jesus walking on water and you'll say he just can't swim. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, <laughs> verse 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 5. Here's what the Bible says. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand. What had happened is these guys had pledged. There were some gifts that were being given to the saints in Jerusalem. So they had pledged. So Paul sent people to go and remind them about their pledge. Which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity, not as a grudging obligation. I'll tell you something. If you want your giving to be in a place where it doesn't feel and prepare for it. So, for example, you know the partnership Sunday is every three months. By next week, you start saying, okay, my plan for the next three months is that I'll do it like this. So, let me set aside this amount. That way, when you come for partnership Sunday three months from now, you won't come and say, Alana, whoa. <laughs> so, don't be in the Alana crew. <laughs> And it's simple. Just prepare. If you don't prepare, it will really come out. That's why many people hate January. People have got all sorts of comments about January. Sometimes it's because they don't prepare for it. Guy, December, it's, they go to the scripture, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die. <laughs> then they realize they're alive. <laughs> it's not like, it's, it shouldn't be a surprise when January comes and there are fees to pay. It shouldn't be, right? Let's go on. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Pastor, what do you mean sometimes when you call it a seed? It's he who sows. It's talking about giving. And it says he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. It's in the scriptures. Let's go on. This scripture changed my life. I, I think I told you last week. I was in a place where I would feel so proud of the fact that the Holy Spirit would speak to me over offerings. And I read this scripture. I realized I was being childish. If I have to stand here and say, okay, so we've got this project that we're doing. If to convince you, I have to say, so I don't know what the Lord is speaking to you. Does he always have to speak? Don't you have the mind of Christ? Haven't you grown in his nature? 
what do the scriptures say? The scriptures say, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. You must come to a place where you can purpose it. Where you can purpose it. You should have to go and pray about whether you should give. Especially when the scripture tells us that uh, God would designate places of giving. Not with church. You don't have to. No, not with that. When he speaks, it must be special instruction, perhaps. But you can come to a place where you willingly decide, you know what? Let's give a car for the Lord's work. Oh, the Lord must have spoken to you three times. No, I just decided. Why? I've grown in it. You must come to that place. And you know something? It's a scripture I love. It says, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread to the eater. God is able to supply your seed for sowing and your bread for eating. I, I was given an example in the first service of how I got my first job when I was like, what? In grade 11. So, because there was a church project which I wanted to participate in. So as far as I was concerned, he who supplies seed to the soul. Right? And that's why if there's somebody in this place, and that area has been an area of struggle, issues to do with employment, issues to do with business and the like, the grace is sufficient. And we are praying today. And with this message you have heard, oh, it's given you an inheritance among the sanctified. So I remember that period of time. Um, my, my mom received a call suddenly, and um, one of our friends from another nation wanted someone to tutor her daughter, and the daughter was doing badly. And so, you know how mothers boast about how smart their children are? I don't remember the exact thing, but I think I was being given like $20 a week or something, and you know, for a child. It was awesome. But I think I only, I told myself I would give 70% of it. So I was only buying my nice cupcakes in 30% and all that. But generally, I noticed that favor. And for me, it continued. And easy for me to afterwards even get another job after I completed, because I completed when I was 15. I got another job when I was 16. At one of the accounting firms. And it was so funny. The day of the interviews, I think when I was being interviewed, I didn't have an NRC by then. <laughs> Took myself. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm just thinking about it right now. <laughs> and I, I'll never forget a few months into working, they started calling me the Reverend at work. And then there was this. One of the guys came to me and asked the question. He was like, I've been observing you. What's There's something different about you. Because, you know, when topics would change, I was very friendly with everyone, but when topics would go a certain way, I would just be quiet. Maybe just take a walk. Then he says, when you're walking, you're doing things with your hands. Like, you'll be walking, and then you'll be like... <laughs> In my head, I'm like, oh, it... <laughs> And I'm telling you, Set your heart on this. God provides. May God give you seed for sowing in Jesus' name. Now, here is God's aim for you with regards to money. Verse 8. Verse 8. The amplified. And 
God is able to make all grace abound. Now, if you read from the Amplified, this is what it means. Every favor and earthly blessing. Blessing on blessing. Praise God. Everywhere you look, you've got a blessing on the way. <laughs> and he's able to make every favor and earthly blessing. Well, there will just be something about your CV. Where someone finds something cheaper somewhere else, but they just want to buy it from you. They just enjoy doing business with you. Every favor and earthly blessing on blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever they need be self-sufficient. That's God's aim for you. That you must be self-sufficient. Meaning where you're possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. God's aim for you is to be in a place. You know, this, <laughs> I think I once sparked controversy. Uh, I don't advise people to as well. <laughs> I don't I don't advise people to always. I'm using the word always because sometimes there may be a special need. Maybe they feel led by the Lord or they decide to. But I don't advise people to always give what they have. Everything they have. It's not biblical. God's aim is for you to be self-sufficient. Possessing enough to require no aid and support. And also possessing to be able to give. So I had to say it. <laughs> I hope I don't sound so... No, I mean, um, unless, like I said, I, I'm leaving room. Here is where I can leave room for the direction of the Spirit of God. But there's nothing wrong with also saving up to pay your school fees. Uh, I hope somebody's hearing me. There are some who've decided, okay, maybe this month I want to give everything I earn. Try the previous months to start saving up in advance so that your children don't dislike God in that month. Because he who does not provide for his family, the Bible doesn't have good words for them. You see what happens when you learn to purpose in your heart, right? Yeah. I'm going to give you two more examples of the grace increasing through giving. Philippians 4 verse 16. He gives seed to the sower, bread to the eater. So he wants you to be able to sow. He also wants you to be able to eat. I'm just being honest with you. God's perspective is he actually wants you to live well and wants you to be able to give. It's a scripture. Philippians 4 verse 16. Paul is talking to the church and he says, for even in Thessalonica you sent aid once again for my necessities. Now in this case, they decided to, they were supporting the Apostle Paul. Interestingly, it wasn't Bibles and the like. No, they actually supported his necessities, right? Let's look at it. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Because they were supporting him as a man of God, what was happening? Something was abounding to their account. 
Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from the Let's pretend his name was John Mwane. <laughs> having received from him the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Next verse. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, this is one scripture that we all know, but I just thought it's important for us to see the context. Let's, let's be honest. The context of this scripture was as follows. According to this, their riches, they supplied, God, they, supplied Paul, they supplied Paul's needs because he was sent by God. And so Paul tells them, fine, since you have done this, then according to my God's riches, he will supply your need. So there the grace was because of giving. The grace was because of giving. Ezekiel 44 verse 30. And the first of all the first fruits of all kinds and every offering and of all kinds from all your offerings shall belong to the priests. You shall also give to the priests the first of your coarse meal and the bread door that a blessing may rest on your house. Cause a blessing to rest. There was a cause effect. When you read some of these scriptures, you'll become very, what word can I use? Irritated by people who have got a very negative mindset over what people can and cannot do for their pastors. There are people who want, I remember one time when I got my first car, Quite a small one. Someone approached one of the web leaders. Hey, what's wrong with you people? You even bought him a car. Now they didn't buy it. I bought it. Now when I heard that, I didn't answer saying, hey, do you know? No, I answered, I don't know if they did so what? What is it to you? How would it be? What, what would be the biggest crime in that? When people ensure their members of parliament have got good transportation and all that, what would be the biggest crime in that? Like, why should it bother? What manner of spirit can bother a person that it's wrong if a pastor is driving a nice car? Like, why should it bother them? How, how unscriptural. <laughs> With every mindset that you have, just ensure it's scriptural. Don't become one of those whom, remember when the Bible talks about divorce, where Jesus said, because of the hardness of your heart, we permitted it like this. Don't become one of those. However, one caution I have. Ensure that this grace that is given, you put it to work. That's my final point. Put it to work. Here's what I mean. Luke 6 verse 38. The King James. Jesus' words. He says, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and run over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. It says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto your bosom. Interesting, it doesn't say, shall angels give unto your bosom. It says, shall men. Have we seen scriptural references where angels came and supplied their need? Yes. For example, 
you could see that uh, there was an angel who brought a cake for Elijah. Remember that picture? Well, that cake was heavy. It took the guy quite a while. There's some who believe that when the Bible says the angels came and strengthened him when Jesus was in the wilderness, that they probably even brought food. But if you look at the rest of his life, there was also that time when Jesus paid taxes. Remember, the coin came from the fish. But if you look at most of Jesus' life, he had a team that supported. Do you remember that? There was a, there was a lot of women, what the Bible says. And he says they provided for him from their substance. Now, what am I trying to say? I do believe in supernatural supply. I've experienced it. I think I shared a few instances in the church groups, right? How I've woken up to food tanks and whatnot. However, I, I, I absolutely believe in it. Wisdom demands that you create platforms for men to give to your bosom. And I, I usually say this, sometimes the reason I don't share many testimonies is because the way pastors receive sometimes can be very interesting. I'm telling you, can be very interesting. Someone you don't know can just come and say, I don't know why, but God showed me this and this and that and that, so he said I should give this. And all that. I said, oh, okay. I'll tell you what Jesus told Judas, that which you want to do, do quickly. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I, I can tell you story after story. But the reason I don't share them much is because I want to have the mindset that it might happen for them like that. So you know what I do instead? I do what the Apostle Paul did. Second Thessalonians 3 verse 8. Here's what the Bible says. Second Thessalonians 3 verse 8. Nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toil night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. Let's go on. Because we do not have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. What was the principle? Uh-huh. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. So you find, I remember when I first rode for my master's, I was being asked, but what are you doing this for? Of course, I gave them answers they wanted to hear. But deep down, I want everyone in church to never stop studying. Because, believe it or not, no matter how many things you hear, how many lessons you hear, how a time is coming when people will only go for your skills, and education gives you a platform to showcase those skills. And they'll talk about Bill Gates who dropped out of Harvard. Just entering Harvard itself is <laughs> just entering Harvard itself is a very huge part on your CV. So they'll talk about Bill Gates who dropped out of Harvard and Steve Jobs. And then if you look at who Steve Jobs and Bill Gates employed, I don't think they employed so many dropouts. Not many. So to set an example. We also try and do what we can so that everyone has an ideology that this is the best way. So get into thinking sessions, get into brainstorming sessions, and remember this. 
doesn't mean you always have to be alone. You can join with someone. The trouble sometimes is that people want to make 1,000 rather than 5,000 between two people. Although just be careful when you're joining with someone. Eh? Sometimes ask me. I'm the pastor. I know. <laughs> Praise God. I think there's a lot we can talk on that, but perhaps we need a seminar where we can share ideas. How many of you have been blessed? Okay. I'm going to pray over you. But the first thing that I, I want us to do is I want you to take a minute and ask. By ask, I mean petition God for something. I don't know what you're believing for, but right now, please um, don't be under pressure to pray a very spiritual prayer. No, Lord, I just want a good heart and to be loving. (laughs) I want you to ask him for something. I want you to make a definite request. Just make a definite request. I don't know what it is that you've been needing or wanting. Maybe something that's necessary for your purpose. But I want you to make a definite request. We've got a minute. Father in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Now that you've asked, in a minute, declare. You're not just declaring, you're prophesying. Prophesy over your business. Don't declare in your heart, please. Speak it out loud. Prophesy over your mouth. Prophesy over your CV. Speak to it. Be definite. Come on, speak with authority, ladies and gentlemen. Speak with authority. Use that name. Use the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father in heaven, as a priest of this house, I speak a blessing. I decree and declare in Jesus' name opportunities present themselves to them. Even opportunities that they thought they lost, they come back. For you have said in your word that I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Opportunities come. Even opportunities that you lost, they come back. I pray God for anyone struck with debt. I pray for help. I pray for help. But I pray for that one who's struck with finances for their school, struggling with finances for their upkeep. I pray, Lord, for supernatural help. Give them an idea like you gave to the woman who helped Elisha, where she was able to do something for herself and for her family, which sustained her. Give them that idea, O oh Lord, and give them the means. May they have favor with all facilities, with banks, with different places. Give them that idea. I pray in the name of Jesus that the great materialized wealth is there. In the name of Jesus, jobs are being given. 
Lord, this week may we have not less than three, four, five, seven, eight, nine, ten testimonies of new jobs. And we have testimonies of promotions. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. They thrive under all circumstances. They thrive under all circumstances. In all circumstances, they have enough for themselves and to bless others. In the name of Jesus, I speak this blessing over you. And now, by the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. service. I've been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on plus 2609537560 or plus 2609774646 if you are unable to call us, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on the Facebook page at the City of the Lord Church. Stay 